Welcome to Unsilent with your hosts, Dave and Brian. This is not another current events podcast. We're digging deeper, diagnosing, and discussing what's really going on today, how we got here, and providing observations for future generations. Welcome to Unsilent. We're Brian and Dave. We're hoping you'll let us know where you think we got it right and where we totally missed the point which you can do by visiting unsilentpodcast.com. Let's get into it. What are we talking about today, Brian? Well, Dave, how would you explain to somebody 80 years from now or 100 years from now if you had a time machine or if you, whatever whatever the mechanics of this, how, however it worked, I don't know, but you're, you're talking to somebody 80 or 100 years from now and you're explaining to them or trying to explain to them this arguing we're doing as a nation and as a society and, and as a people about free speech. And, and, and I... And for those listening, the reason we're starting with free speech is out of all the things that we're arguing about, uh, I can make a pretty compelling argument. I think that that those are all playing second fiddle to this one. If we don't get this one right, if we don't understand what we're talking about or arguing about, if we can't come to grips on on what free speech is, then really those other things are going to not matter so much. So that's that's why you and I chose this topic first. So absolutely, so Dave, maybe just help us out, uh, guys like me who don't understand all this stuff very well. You explain best you can what what's what's a conservative point of view on this and what's a, a more progressive point of view. And let's just start there. Well, you know, if if you break it down to the most basic thing, words are the most powerful things there are. Right. I mean, words are the definition of power. They start wars that kill millions. They prevent wars. Uh, they can. Uh, speech and particularly the right to disagree is the basis of all human science. It's the basis of societal advancement. It's the basis of individuality. Um, it's the second freedom mentioned. The pen is mightier than the sword. Is that what you're saying? The 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 <laughs> pen, the pen, the mouth, and the thought that generate it all controls the yeah. sword. It engages the sword, and it's really the freedom that every other freedom is based on. So in the Constitution, it's the second freedom mentioned, and it's the one upon which all other freedoms depend to even exist. Freedom of thought and expression is really the most basic uh, expression of our unique personhood. It's the basis of all human rights. Essential freedom depends on free speech and free thought. Now, that's also the conservative position that human beings uh, we are all basically endowed by our creator with certain unalienable light rights. And one of them is the right to think and say what we feel and what we think. But hold on, Dave. You, you, the argument I hear all the time is you can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater. And there are certain things you can't say. That's right. So uh, even in the, in the most liberal application to free speech, uh, we haven't had free speech maybe ever and certainly not in my lifetime there are things that you literally cannot say or you 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 know you you get sued you go to Absolutely. jail like there's there's consequences right so yep. certainly we can't mean that any kind of speech is okay but explain the best you can, as you can what would a progressive person what you know what are the AOCs of the world what what are they saying quote unquote free speech is or should be or whatever well, you know, if if we start with the limits of free speech where we've traditionally had them, um, the and the Supreme Court has has ruled over and over and over about what those distinctions are that you're talking about. 
freedom of speech is the right also not to speak. And the, and there are those in the cancel culture that would say, for instance, that silence is violence. They would equate that. So that's a contradiction of what we've always believed free speech to be. Um, free speech is the right to protest, but it's not the right to commit violence. And some on the political left would say it is the right to create, to do violence. Um, the, the Supreme Court has held. Sorry, you lost me there. So, so some lefters say that speaking is violent. I mean, that the, we're hearing the the frame or the the phrases now. Uh, like you said, silence is violence, and and hate speech is being equated to violence. Is that what you're talking about specifically, or do, or do you mean something else? No, I mean that, and also we're told that uh, in certain circumstances, violence is acceptable speech. By the left. Yeah. And see, this is, there's a fundamental disconnect there, of course, in that philosophy. On one hand, if you say that silence is violence, if you don't say the things that I want you to say, but violence is okay if you do say the things I want you to say. It's a very narrow and self, <clears throat> excuse me, self contradictory, self contradictory point of view. But the, the Supreme Court has held that to incite, uh, imminent lawless action is uh, is indeed a violation of the Constitution. It's not covered by free speech. <clears throat> Excuse me. To make or destroy obscene materials is illegal or has been. Uh, to burn draft cards, to, in other words, to do something that is a, a violation of an obligation that societies agreed you, you have. So there are certain limitations that we have held that are logically uh, put around free speech. No freedom is absolute and 100%. I have, the, I have the freedom to do whatever I want to do as long as it doesn't hurt you. I don't have the freedom to kill you. Yeah. That's a violation. Right. But I'm free to do anything else well, as yeah, long as it doesn't hurt do somebody. You want and, and, and bear the consequences, for sure. Yes, that's exactly right. You, you have the freedom, and that's and that's a basic law of the universe, isn't it? You've got the freedom to do right. what you want to do. Yeah, I, I would argue that's, that's, that 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 decision is made above the government level. <laughs> that it, it's uh, fundamental. It's fundamental human rights. But all right, so um, I don't want to get off track there. Uh, what what would as best as you can? How would you describe what a progressive person today? And again, this is for you listening. If you think we get this wrong, like this is where you want you to, you know, jump into unsilentpodcast.com or go to our Rumble page or our YouTube page and chime in. Tell us where you think we're getting it wrong. But be best as you can, Dave, how would you describe if you could put on your your uh, AOC costume or whatever and and speak as her, how would she explain to us how free speech should be? Free speech should be, I think, according to the left, something that uh, will not hurt somebody else's feelings on accepted, uh, what they believe are accepted norms. So there is a set of, of accepted norms. It's almost like a, a religious statement. Um, and you are, you are not allowed to disagree about things such as uh, gender. Uh, you're not allowed to disagree with their position on things such as as sex and relationships uh you're not allowed to disagree with them on things having to do with race and by disagree i mean hurt the feelings of those that practice something that may not be a societal long-term societal so, so what uh, am i missing norm. here so if 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 my neighbor is a you know conservative religious devout religious person volunteers at the church five times a week and absolutely believes without any doubt 
in their in and not in a fabricated kind of made up way it like in, sincerely earnestly believes that there's no such thing as changing your gender they have they if somebody says something to them that tells them they're wrong and hurts their feeling is that okay or not okay well you see they are coming from in again putting on my leftist hat they're coming from the position of power when they say that because the really the modern left is all about uh, power and oppression and perceived uh, oppressor and oppressed groups. That would, be, that would be a terrible slogan, Dave. We're, we're all about power and oppression. <laughs> what what do they what do they say they're about? I mean, obviously they're not going to say that. What what do they say they're about? Like how how do they how do they get around that that scenario I just gave where they they can't paint themselves into a corner, obviously, and say, well, it's okay for us to shut your neighbor down because they don't agree with what we do. It's not okay for you, Brian or Dave to shut my neighbor down who does believe that you can change genders, that, that hurting of feelings is not okay, but the hurting of feelings of your neighbor, who's the devout Christian, like that, that's okay. How do they get around that? What, what is the argument they would make that, or is there one, what, what is the argument that they would make to kind of work through that little wormhole there? Yeah. That, that fundamental disconnect in logic. Yeah. The fundamental disconnect in logic there. It says the, you, how dare says you? Says me. Yeah, I'll I'll stand on that one. I'll I can I'll be right, happy right. to stand on that one. Um the way that they would get around that is they would say, look, Brian, there are two classes of people in the world, and the rules are different for the two classes. There's the oppressor class, and the oppressor class are the uh the the people who've had power for a long time, the Christians, for instance, or the uh Americans or the business people, the uh the people who have been oppressed are going to be racial minorities, sexual minorities, uh gender minorities. These are the oppressed class. And if the oppressor has his feelings hurt, it doesn't matter because he's had it so good for all all these years. But yeah, the oppressed right. person they they've had it so bad that if they say hey uh you can't say that and you're and and they don't think you're violating um uh, the speech of the oppressor because the oppressor's already got all the power anyway so it's all through a framework right. of oppressed and oppressor so so the the hurting of feelings are not hurting of feelings like we're trying to again from their perspective then temper how much the oppressor the person the white patriarchal male from whose family is from Ireland and England, those people uh, were trying to, to reduce the amount of harm they can cause people who have historically been oppressed. Yes. People of color, women, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so we're trying to dull their sword, so to speak, but we're trying to sharpen the sword of people who are fighting back because they, they're, they need they're to have the sword. They're historically disadvantaged. They're historically disadvantaged. Is it to, to the best of your knowledge? And again, one of our things that for you listening, one of the things we're, we want to try to do on here is be as accurate as we can. And if, when we get it wrong, we hope you tell us. We're trying to to sort through this stuff and really make sense of it all. Honestly, some of these things just don't make sense to me. So hopefully I, I can talk to a smart guy like Dave and, and figure it out. But is that is that how they would frame it? Like they would come out and say that? Or is there is there a different something that they would say that would kind of – or? What I, and what I've seen is they just change the subject, right? They just they just don't want to get into this because it does get into this. Um, you, no matter what, if you're if you're not going to have 100 percent unmitigated free speech, which means you can we throw out everything the Supreme Court said, and all speech is okay. Which I don't know anybody who's 
really advocating for that. Uh, I do think that most people would say, yeah, you can't, the yelling of fire in a theater, like that's a great example of like, yeah, if you're going to like just knowingly do harm to people, okay, we're not going to do that. However, so, but uh, aside from, you know, uh, if you had a situation where you had complete free speech, any kind of binders you're putting or limitations or restrictions on free speech is governing a person's thoughts, is trying to govern a person's intent. Sure. Is there any is there any plausible scenario you can think of where those two things I just said would not be true? No, no, I no, because every right has another right of another person. Every right that I have has a counterbalancing right to another person. Right? Yeah. I'm I, I can walk anywhere that I want. I have freedom to go anywhere I want, but I can't push you into the road and get you run over so by a car. We can dance I do that. around all this all we want. If we're going to have any kind of limits of speech, we are we are we are governing thought, and we're governing how people can uh, express that thought and and trying to limit the harm they can do to others by yes. doing so. Right? Yes. So we can dance around this as much as we want. Fundamentally, in order for that system to work, no matter who's in charge, no matter their race, their age, their gender, whatever, no matter who's in charge, it all begins with somebody deciding what is okay speech and what is not okay speech. Is there anything, again, any scenario you can think of where what I just said is not hundred percent true? Well, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's as prescriptive, prescriptive as that. I think it starts off by saying, by starting with the absolute free speech is, is free and everybody can do it. And then you pick off certain things that say this speech infringes upon it does violence to another person somehow right so if i yep. if i go to an assassin and i use my powers of free speech to say i want you to kill brian harding well right. um, that infringes upon your right to live uh so yeah. but we start off with the assumption of freedom and then we say right. where those exceptions are right but the we is somebody has to be appointed elected that society has to do that Somebody has to either be chosen by by society determining or a, a, a force trying to move society. Somebody yes. has to pick who's in charge of making those calls, yes. calls and strikes on what is what is okay, good speech, and what is not okay. Bad That's speech. right. That's right. So yeah, and no matter no matter how no matter how we sli- my point is no matter how we slice this and dice this, it ultimately always comes down to who gets to, who gets to say who gets to call the balls and strikes. Yes. Yes, so, and that's always been the way it's been. And typically throughout history, it's been whoever has the most power, the kings and the rulers, and and then the right. left will then take that idea and bring it forward to today to say the people that are advantaged uh, have that power, and therefore we can rebel against them. Right. So, and we look back in in our history of our country for you know two hundred whatever years it's been now. Um, there's been times where people have done legal expressions of speech that I I would be hard pressed to find anybody I know who would not just be absolutely mortified, embarrassed, uh, yes. uh, shocked, dismayed. Like, you know, they, we can just go through like a thesaurus of like, what the hell are you thinking? What kind of monster would want to say or think something like this? Right. But we've allowed it because it seems like we fundamentally understood from the beginning, you either have the the uh, most restrictions on binding free speech, meaning 
you either allow as much free speech as possible or it's really a moot point. Like there, there is no, there's no scale here. You either restrict the amount of uh, restrictions you put on free speech to the degree that you only restrict the speech that's absolutely necessary. That would absolutely harm somebody like these extreme examples, which by the way, in the 1930s or forties, Nazis having a parade in New York city and having a, a meeting in Madison square garden was okay speech. Again, I don't know anybody who would, would go to that. I don't know anybody who'd say that. That seems like a cool thing to do. I don't know anybody right. who would do that. But I also understand that we all thought, and you know, up until a few years ago, most people probably thought, yeah, it, it's it's horrendous. It's it's the worst thing you could probably do. You know, one of the worst things you could do. It's in the top handful of things, worst things you could do. But if you stop that, then what? What's the next thing we'll stop? And who gets to decide what's going to be stopped? So we either have this policy where we have the broadest, most liberal application of free speech possible, handful of exceptions, or it very quickly becomes who's calling balls and strikes and the whole thing is gone. Like it's, it's not, it's, it is pretty binary. It's not a scale, which I think is the argument that I hear folks say is like, well, okay, we're not going to say you can't have any free speech. We're going to, we're just going to take, take a few things off the list. Like, you know, instead of having five things, you can't say, Maybe we'll have twelve. Like, what's the harm in that? Well, <laughs> what is the harm in that, Dave? Like, what 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 is the harm in only adding a few things? Well, it, ultimately, it gets back to what you were just talking about, and that is, you can either have a system where you have where freedom is the primary principle, or you can have a system where uh, other arbitrary things are the primary principle, such as that your your you know, heritage or something or other like that. It's the primary principle. And the danger is that throughout history, the, uh, whenever you have these restrictions on freedom, uh, that are enacted by a society or usually by somebody in power, uh, they tend to grow. I mean, historically, that's just what happens. Right. Uh, you start off with, yeah, there's only these three things that you can't say. Now there's these five things that you can't say. Now there's these right. 10 things. I've heard this idea of the and, Overton and, window. And once, the, once the precedent is set that now this is a thing that we can and will do, once once the seal is broken and it's like, okay, yeah, we will do these things, well, then what's to stop from doing the next thing? Currently, exactly. the seal has been broken, but the seal has been broken and we say – only in the absolute most extreme things that, you know, and you gave some examples, we won't go through the whole thing here, but only these things will we make, will we deviate from our free speech policy. Uh, once we kind of go down the path of, okay, well, it's not just harmful things. It's also things that might hurt people's feelings. It's yes. also things that might make somebody have, might have, have a, somebody in a situation where they have to hear somebody challenge their religious beliefs or anti-religious beliefs once like that is an entirely different route than what we're talking. So it's not taking what we're already doing and, and just doing more. It's completely shifting our entire process and, and approach to it entirely. Isn't it? it? It's dumping the entire philosophy that freedom is the primary thing and you only uh, touch it at your, at your, at your danger. I mean, there's a, there's a famous quote that's uh, attributed to Voltaire. It wasn't actually by Voltaire. It was by somebody who's writing about him. Uh, and he said, or he's attributed to say, I disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to your death, your right to say it. Now that principle was Depending the one that death. 
He, he was he wasn't he wasn't gonna whack the guy, right? No, no, right. Just a philosophical <laughs> principle, but but it's right. the, it's the principle that in the instance you mentioned of the Nazis mat marching uh, was defended by the American Civil Liberties Union back then. Right. They said, "Look, we think what you're doing is horrific, but our our primary principle is freedom, is civil liberty, is the human right of speech, and therefore, even though we hate it." We're going to defend your right to do it because if you can't say your horrible thing, then maybe I can't say something that hurts somebody else's feelings. And that's a society that's yeah. destined for conflict. Well, and, and it feels to me like it would be destined for a complete top down. It, it, it wouldn't have to be a tyranny. It wouldn't have to be people being marched to the gulag. But it would. how could it go any other way than the government censoring certain things. They just didn't like people to say true or not. You know, if, if you're doing things that, that are unpopular and you're in charge, of course, if you, if you could, you would restrict that stuff. It, it, again, it doesn't necessarily even make them bad people. It's human nature. Yes. So it, it's not like we have to take somebody who's, you know, everyone's called there, you know, it, Oftentimes we hear people being compared to Hitler nowadays. Like that's, that's the thing. So if you're listening a hundred years from now and you, you know, that that's a, that's a thing that's still happening. And that's, you know, to obviously make the point that you're the worst person ever. You don't have to be the worst person ever to want people to not say bad things about you. Right. And there are in our regular routine lives, I would imagine the average person goes through a variety of things where they subconsciously or consciously try to Limit how much bad stuff is said about them. Now, if you're in charge of an entire country with 350 million people and 100 million of those people were not your your most rabid fans, in fact, they kind of didn't like you, which it'd be the case in, I don't know, any <laughs> any situation we could have for the That's foreseeable right. future, a third of the people are not going to be happy with what you're doing, probably. Maybe half nowadays, but maybe let's say optimistically it gets back down to a third. How could it go any other way than somebody somewhere saying, eh, it would just be better if that wasn't said. Exactly. Eh, it would just be better if that wasn't known, promoted. Like, eh, okay, I see what you're saying. I, yeah, you got a good point there, but eh, we don't need everyone to know that. And and if you had the ability to like really stop that, how could it go any other way than it really getting stopped? Well, and if the principal standard is that you don't violate you don't hurt somebody else's feelings who's in an approved class. If that's the principal standard, rather than free speech being the principal standard, then that will end up leading to some kind of violence like we see in cancel culture, whether it's economic violence, right. getting people fired from their jobs for having thoughts that somebody else doesn't like, whether it's physical violence, seeing the things that happened in the 2020 riots or other times, uh, if it, in, in any situation, that's going to naturally and logically over time lead to violence and lead to more controls over other freedoms because free speech, free, freedom of thought, freedom of speech are the first freedoms on which everything else is based. Freedom of movement gets restricted when people say things they're not supposed to say. There's a, I think there's a, right. it's in Canada, there's a Canadian pastor who was, was jailed because he didn't, um, he didn't toe the line on certain societal norms that Canada has in place right. these days. Uh, so all the other freedoms begin to be infringed upon by a powerful uh, tyrant or a powerful uh, system or party or whatever that starts to restrict free speech. So if we value individuality, if we value the basic human right, the most basic human right is the right to think what you want to think, 
even if you're a net right. worker. You don't have a right to yeah. enforce that on somebody else, but that those basic human rights begin to be violated in a system more and more and more that restricts freedom of speech and freedom of thought and freedom of expression. There used to be so this thing. When, when you and I grew up, there, there used to be a principle about free speech <clears throat> that we were taught as kids on the playground, and that was sticks and stones can break my bones, but names will never hurt right. me. There used to be this expectation that you don't go through life without being offended. You don't go through life right. without people saying, you're a weird guy. Uh, you don't go through life without somebody saying, everything you say is completely wrong, and I hate it, and it's just, it's destructive. That used right. to be okay to to live in a society like that where we there's some friction. In, in a society right. with cancel culture and without free speech, you remove the friction. The only way to remove that friction is through force, is through violence. And government power and even societal cancel culture power is violence. It doesn't exist without violence. Whether it's economic or physical, it's violence. And that's the danger here. So yeah, so it seems to me that that the the, the one of the major challenges with with what folks who are trying to limit free speech in the hopes of of keeping people from experiencing what you were just talking about that if you're if you've been in a historically oppressed role or you have a uh sexual procliv proclivities that are not in alignment with with societal norms and that and you shouldn't have to be subject to harmful or hateful or hurtful things being said to you about those things in order to limit that the, the, this, the premise seems to be like we shouldn't people who like that shouldn't have to go through more of that they should be less of that the challenge though is like what you're describing with with the groups that inevitably will form because there will be people in the approved pile and people in the not approved pile like, again how could it go any other way than you if somebody's calling balls and strikes on what's okay speech there's going to be groups of people who get to say things that other groups of people don't that's just that's the right. way it goes that's right and so the intent, I think, is for for marginalized and and people who are historically oppressed to not have to experience that six and stones thing you're talking about. But in the reality, in application, what happens is some groups still are going to have that. They'll just be different groups. Yes, of course. You can't have a frictionless society. Human beings, and this is the problem with a lot of this, what, what I consider progressive thinking, and that is a fundamental misunderstanding of how humanity, human beings work. You can't have a, a, a completely conformist society. You'll never have it. You can, the only way to have a completely conformist society is to have a, 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 an autocrat, a tyrant who says, you will not say this. You will not think this. And at least in the privacy of your own thoughts, you're thinking he's nuts, but you can't do anything about it. So it's yeah, the so fundamental even, even misunderstanding. Even in those situations where you have the tyrant who has the, the motive and means to do horrendous, horrendous things to people to keep them from saying things, they, <laughs> there's still a percentage of the population who's going to think the thing. Absolutely. And, and maybe they won't act on it. Certainly if they're, if their life or their family's lives are in, in danger, of course they would act on it less. But, but this notion that you're just going to get people from having free thoughts, I think is just, is um, foolish and just, and it is and unrealistic. Like I just, I can't, I can't imagine any group of people when you have over, I don't know, 20, let's say where you would have a, a tremendous amount of just, we all think exactly the same thing. Yeah. 20, I mean, two is a stretch sometimes. I mean, anybody who's <laughs> ever been married knows that like you can agree on a whole lot of stuff, but there's still, there's still dissenting opinions. And 
and this kind of um, this mood that we're going through where it feels like people who want to change believe that they are smarter than previous generations, that they figured out a way to do it, that, yeah, I know it hasn't worked in other places and other times, but you don't understand. We went to Harvard. Like, we got the stuff figured <laughs> out. Like, we understand human nature now way better than they did 300 years ago when these first ideas, these ideas were being batted around at first. And, and uh, it might seem like a good idea at the time, but you don't understand. Like, now it's different. And luckily, we are here now, and we have this all this vast education. But it, it feels to me like, human beings are human beings. Like you, you are not going to have this utopian society where everyone just says the right thing. There's going to be groups and the, and that what free speech does is it allows an outlet for those groups to disagree without violence. Yes. And it, it allows free speech is also self-policing. See, this is the good thing about free speech com compared with compelled speech. Free speech is self-policing because if I say something dumb, you can say or something offensive. You can say, Dave, I really don't like that. It, it makes me feel yeah. bad or here's what's wrong with your thought. Uh, whereas when you don't well, have be shunned it, by society because you're a moron. Yes. yes <laughs> and who and, and wants to hurt people, you know? Exactly. Well, and that's where, again, the lack of free speech is a dangerous situation because if you have only one set of approved thoughts and principles and speech and, you, and nobody can ever disagree with them, first of all, you're never going to make any advancement, right? Because there, there's plenty of things in, for instance, in science today, there's plenty of things that you can see that are not talked about, not studied, not looked at because they're unpopular. Well, maybe there's a breakthrough for cancer out there that we don't talk right. about because it offends this person, offends that person. So free speech is critical for us to advance in any, as, as a growing, as a, as a society that is improving, all the improvements in, in society have been brought about because of free speech. So if, if you take a look historically, let's look at one thing, and that is uh, uh, the racial challenges we've had as a society, like every society said, we'll talk about that in another right. episode. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the thing that has, has uh, done more to, uh, eliminate that than anything else has been people talking to people who are different from them. Right. Free speech. And, 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 not, and both in large groups and one-on-one. -on -one, right? Absolutely. There, there was a time where, where certain races of people, certain races and genders could not talk to other races and genders. Like in 1933, somewhere in the world, a black man could not talk to a, a white right. woman. I'm sure of it. I don't know. Yep. I don't know the, the county, but I'm sure that was a thing. And we've grown. We I, I don't know anybody who wouldn't say that we've grown because that is not a thing anymore. Exactly. And then the the other end of the spectrum, you look at Martin Luther King having you know million people speeches in D.C. and in Selma and things like that. That kind of speech moves things forward. And I think that one of the things that that we lose sight of is the reason we make progress is because we we find ourselves heading down a road that is not productive. Right. And the way we find out that's not productive is because somebody tells us. Exactly. <laughs> and and we 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 re we back up, we regroup, we make a different decision individually or collectively, and we try a different route, and that route leads to more success. And 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 I think that that's the part that one of the parts that is is not talked about in this conversation about free speech is I think people kind of wrap their heads around if you don't have free speech, there's only one other way to sol solve disagreements. And I and I don't know 
I, I, there's only one I can think of anyway. I'll put it that way. Right. If you can't have free speech, there, there's literally only one other way I can think of that you you solve disagreements, and and that is not a, a path any of us want to go down. Right. But the other thing is, how could you possibly have progress individually and collectively if people aren't pushing back on you and allowed to push back on you? I mean, was it Galileo who was told that like the 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 Earth revolves around the uh, or the Sun revolves around the Earth, or was it Copernicus? I don't Copernicus, know. Copernicus, right? But yep. What, whatever. So so. If that had never resolved itself, we, I mean, think how the absurdity of that, that never resolves itself. And that's still how we think today. Exactly. It's absurd. The only reason that we don't have that thought now is somewhere along the way, somebody was allowed to say something like, that's stupid. Stop it. Exactly. Well, (laughs) and and I'll bet you some of these feelings that hurt along the way. Absolutely. And I mean, look at, look at the issue of slavery. If people didn't believe that, Black people were just as good as they were. They wouldn't have been willing to fight and die for them. They had to have this right. disagreement. We had to have this disagreement between North and South. We had to have this this idea that people are people. It doesn't matter who they are, what skin color they are, tall, short, whatever. That None of that matters. If people didn't have the ability to talk with one another and to express this, then we never would have had that advancement that we had as a result of learning Things we didn't know before, things that people didn't experience before. That's that's right. the, the basic principle of advancement in human society, whether it's science or whether it's society. So, is disagreement. This part, this this is one of the things that that I struggle with the most on this topic is, again, let's say I'm a a liberal arts. I went to Evergreen College and I'm like a liberal arts major, and I'm 23 and a half years old, and and I think that guys like me and you, I, I can't wait till you're extinct. Like <laughs> society's gonna move past you, Rubes, and I can't wait to live in that world or whatever. How how can they? How can a person like that look back through the evolution of of our values and the the progress that's been made uh, in people's lives as far as how long they live, the the circumstances they live, and the 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 way they get along with each other, and the way that they're allowed to live in a more free way? How can they look at those things and not attribute that? by and large, to free speech, specifically from the late 14 or 1500s when England really went started down this route. And then the U.S. becomes a thing. And we like set the standard for what, quote unquote, free speech is. And we just like completely obliterate previous notions that and you look at the progress that's been made. Some places more than others, there's no question. Uh, I would argue the places where progress is made the more the most are the people who embrace these values I'm talking about the most. Absolutely. Whatever. Um, how can I, as a person, that 23 and a half year old evergreen college person, not look and go, man, free speech has done some pretty awesome things. Like, it seems wild to me that they go, yeah, but you understand. Now I want to shut it down. Well, I think there's two things. One of them is I've had this, I've had that exact conversation with people about historical precedent and how, how people have behaved over the centuries. And the first thing is not believing that anything that isn't current is valuable. In other words, a complete discounting of history and this, this, uh, I would say arrogant belief that the human creature today is a much different organism than we were a thousand right. years ago. So that, that right. belief, that arrogant and unwarranted belief is one that keeps us from learning from history. And the second one is this idea. It's related to the first. The second one is this idea that, that yeah, everybody else tried these things, but it wasn't us. 
It wasn't us. We're the ones, we are smarter than everybody else. And yeah. therefore, when we do this, I've had this discussion so many times. I've, I've had this discussion in both um, societal discussions. I've had this discussion in major corporate business uh, discussions where I've been at a big company that uh, uh, new people came in. They want to do something new. And I say, no, we tried that before. You weren't here then. Yeah, but it wasn't us. That's a human thing. We like to believe that our ideas are so good that even if somebody else tried it before, they weren't successful because they weren't us. So, okay. So isn't, isn't this... Yeah, but it's, but what about me? Isn't that the entire crux of the free speech debate? Sure. Like, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, but if you, Dave, you Gen Xer, you you guy that that grew up with in your era, if you get to have the same, if you're what you say has the same weight as me, that diminishes me. Yes, and that can't be allowed. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, honestly, isn't isn't that a one of the the bigger issues at play here is, is not even, okay, forget the groups, forget the oppressed and the oppressor, forget the tyrant. Isn't if I just get to be on the team who calls the balls and strikes, doesn't that just elevate my status above the other people? Absolutely. And that is of course the story of all of human history, going back to history again, it's everybody yeah. try, you know, I, I would make the argument that throughout history, the people that have gotten to power, most of them have, a set of things that they believe, even the ones we think we that we know were horrible, evil people. I would make the argument that the things that they believed and that they knew in their minds were right. Uh, they believed that those things were good for society. And if you have to break right. a few eggs along the way, then whether you're a Mao Zedong or Stalin or I mean, maybe not Stalin because he's a truly a wicked guy, but 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 I would make the argument that. Pretty much all of the uh, terrible things that have been done in human history have been done because we have an idea that's better than everybody else, and we're going to get to that good utopia you mentioned a few minutes ago. We're going to get to that utopia, and if there's people that stand in the way, then like Mao and the Great Leap Forward and all of that, maybe we'll have to kill right. all the parents, but the kids have the good ideas. That's It's that yeah. arrogance and that's that self-importance, that, and that's why free, free speech polices self-importance and that's why this is our first show on this so, topic yeah that's maybe, why we're maybe doing that's this. The, maybe that's the crux of the entire thing is if if there's free speech allowed then then that that diminishes self-importance it does almost entirely exactly not only because what about me and my great idea but i shouldn't have to be put in a situation where i don't like what you say like right i you don't understand dave you don't understand how important i am and and how my ability to not endure your nonsense really should be the paramount thing. Well, <laughs> if you just understood that, we wouldn't have to have this conversation and you could have all the free speech you wanted. And you know, the other <laughs> part of that, so there, I think there's two competing things there. I think there's that. I think there's absolutely that. The, my ideas are the best. And the second one is a sort of background worry that maybe my ideas aren't the best, but if I don't have to have to hear competing ideas, then I won't have to hear something is wrong with my ideas that challenge my ideas. Right. Currently, we've got 100%. that. We've got these sort of safe spaces, for instance, on college campuses where you can go if you feel like you're hurt or offended, where you don't have to hear things that'll challenge you. Well, right. you know, th that goes to this idea that, uh, 
if you challenge somebody's ideas, you're actually challenging them as a person and diminishing their self-worth, where in reality, you're just challenging the idea. And if, if somebody comes to me, it happens to me all the time. You and I have seen things where people come at me on Facebook and other places. They yeah. come at me all the time. I don't feel any less good about myself, even if I'm wrong, right. then they come at me. I feel better because I've learned something if I'm proven to be wrong. Sure. I, th I think, you know, and there's, and there's many, many different points here. One of the other things that, that is forgotten in this conversation is the intent with how our system of government was set up was for right. great ideas to be started over the kitchen table, brought to the community town square, given to the mayor or a legislator who then took it to this, the county and then great ideas were vetted there and the good ones were kept and the bad ones were tossed out. And the good ones were then taken to the state level again through a vetting process. The good ones are kept and the bad ones are tossed out and ultimately they make their way to the federal level. And, and good ideas are supposed to come from the citizenry. The right. good ideas are supposed to come from the people who are having the, the experience of the outcomes that the policy creates. The entire purpose of having representatives not dictators is to go represent you and take your idea and go represent that idea and hash it out with some other people who've heard some other really good ideas and pick the best one and move forward. That is entirely the opposite of this. Somebody has to decide how to call balls and strikes on right. what's okay speech and what's not based on what they want. It's it's, it flips the entire script upside down. And I think this is one of the things that, that we don't put our finger on and talk about a whole lot but really it's kind of at the core of some of this argument, like the, the world has had, you know, if you look at the, the, the percentage of time humans have occupied the earth, it's, I don't know what one tenth of 1% or whatever right. it is. Right. Right. And then you look at of all the time that humans have occupied the earth and you look at the amount of time that we've had societies where truly free speech was allowed and, and promoted. It's like one tenth of 1%. Yes. I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely less than 5%. I don't know what the math is, but, but we've had centuries and, and millions of of lives lived under those regimes. And, and we had this one little chance to get it. And here we are every few decades, we have to argue and, and sometimes go to, to wars over it. And it just seems like senseless, senseless. Like we, we, why can't we have this one, one spot where this is not the way it is, you know? <laughs> And, and ultimately, the, the the success of the country, the success of the country economically is because people have all these outlandish ideas that we go forth as entrepreneurs and we do these things. The success of our country from a from a scientific perspective, where we, you know, try this, try that, try the other thing with with very few uh, limits around it. Uh, all of those things come back to enforcing or reinforcing the value of the individual over the value of the collective the value the 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 anti-free speech movement enforces the collective value over the individual right and in fact most societies in in the world that dictatorial societies have been that the value of the collective uh is much superior to the value of the individual. And therefore, if your entrepreneurial idea, if your political idea, if your, if your social idea, if any of those are, are outside the norm of the collective, you are a bad person and you can't do that. Whereas our society has proven, I would argue, has proven over the last 240 some odd years that 
the individual thought and then speech and then action that comes from that in every realm of human experience has been a benefit. And I mean, our success is a result of that, despite the fact that people say our success is a result of exploitation. Yeah, like like if if I were a transgender gay man who wanted a a a, a wedding cake baked for me in 1912, like good luck with that, right? <laughs> Only through free speech has it, have we evolved to a place where they can have that, and and I, that's the part where I I it it just feels to me so odd that we we can point to dozens, maybe hundreds, maybe thousands of instances where. That kind of thing has happened where the people who are now arguing to stop having this ability have gained so much from from previous generations having it. That's it right. seems weird to want to go, okay, the way it is right now is perfect. Stop. No more. This is as good as it's going to be. And if you guys just shut up over there, then things will be fine. It it feels just odd to me that that's, that's the, the approach, but it does feel like the approach. And, and again, they'll never say that. They would say that they're trying to, you know, people shouldn't have to endure hurt feelings like that. Somebody's feelings are going to get hurt no matter what. Whether you have free speech or not free speech, I guarantee the guy who can't talk in China right now because he's afraid of losing his house or his car or his right. wife or whatever, I guarantee that guy has hurt feelings. That's right. <laughs> well, and and don't you think that a lot of that is momentum? So you can take you can take um a a worthy societal movement to equalize opportunity for people and when you when you've got momentum in that direction it's easy then to push beyond the noble goal into the ignoble goal in other words uh not treating people differently because of their skin color you can take it to to that noble goal and then you can move it beyond that and say because ancestors were treated in a in a poor way we we are going to reverse the scales and make you feel like we felt for instance um and, yeah. and so it's it's pushing beyond and, and power does that all societal power does that you make a certain amount of progress and this is why you know the political parties have have challenges because you you win and then you think you've got a carte blanche to do everything no Let's get to the noble goal, the noble philosophy, and then stay there. This, this is, you know, and we're going to talk about this more in a later episode, but this is, this is kind of the, the story of humans over time. Either I am superior to you because I have this God given or the universe has bestowed some kind of gifts upon me that, that you're just not. Yeah, I'm sorry you didn't get them. You didn't win the lottery of life like I did, but <laughs> I have these these gifts, and I and I had this uh, superiority over you for whatever reason. We pick things like often race and gender and all kinds of you know uh, family history, money. Certainly, like there's all kinds of reasons we pick this. That is one reason I can be superior over you, and the other one is you've done something to harm me, and therefore what I'm going to do to you is justified, and therefore and and so. I'm superior in that I shouldn't have to have the same consequences as you because what I'm doing is righteous. Right. So in both cases, I am the righteous one. Either it was God given to me and I'm sorry about your bad luck, Dave. You just didn't, you just didn't win. Uh, and I'm righteous that way, or it's retaliation or retribution. That's the story of, of human existence. It, 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 somebody always feels superior for one of those two reasons. And that person always wants to shut the other person up. And if yes. they won't shut up, then we'll then we'll have to go ahead and we'll have to go ahead and use force. It, is is 
Is there any story in human history of societies that does not follow that exact trajectory? That's that's always how it follows, and it's always also based on uh, personal, shall we say, definitions of fairness, right? So right. Uh, if if I look at the the philosophy that I try to follow is one that says fair is equal application regardless of who the person is, right? Regardless of, yep. of anything. It's individual. It's me now, not right. me, you know, not my ancestors, not my, you know, offspring. It's me now. And, and me and everybody else should have the same exact, um, uh, sort of treatment by society as everybody else. And that to me is fair, equal in, in yep. opportunity. Now I don't have well, the other problem i think with the progressive philosophy in this regard and it gets back to speech again is uh how do you define fair right it's not fair that i i love basketball i wasn't good enough or tall enough or strong enough to play it's not fair that's not life you know a platitude right life isn't fair there's going to be unfairnesses now do you treat an unfairness by restricting somebody else's speech you can't say anything or or restricting their action that's a, a another episode, I think, though. Yeah, for sure. All right. So so as we get close to wrapping this up, then what what are the consequences here? Like what? Again, if I'm the Evergreen State kid, 23 and a half years old, and I mean, I know you, you what you and I think that we've gone over for 45 minutes now what we think the consequences are of not having free speech, like the only alternative is violence. You're going to you're going to put you, you're going to set up a situation where tyranny is likely, if not certain you know uh you're gonna have groups of people uh who are in favor and out of favor rather than everyone enduring unpleasantness equally <laughs> will pick and choose who has to endure that unpleasantness so and and ultimately i think that for you know for you and i of course you tell me where i'm wrong here but this is the only path to to avoid violence on yeah. small scale and big scale stuff big scale meaning yeah. the biggest scale and small scale meaning arguments with your neighbor just there's only one other resolution to those kinds of things if you can't talk about but again so i'm the 23 and a half year old kid from evergreen state what do i think the consequences are if you and i get what what we want if dave parker gets what he wants and we continue having free speech what what am i worried about what are the consequences i'm afraid of well i mean the they they will tell you that the thing that they think we want which we don't want which i don't want which you don't want is a uh, a, a Christian white king, a theocratic society that says ah, that gotcha. all of your, uh, all of your, you know, they, uh, we're going to do like they do in the Middle East. We're going to throw gay people off, uh, buildings and kill them or so they, they think that's what we want. Right. We don't want that. We don't want people yeah. to be hurt like that. They think we're going to enforce upon them what uh, the, the reverse of what they want to enforce upon us. As opposed to saying, if, if they, as opposed to saying that we simply want a, a level playing field for everybody. I don't want somebody persecuted because they're transgender or because they're gay or because they're anything else. I don't want anybody persecuted because of anything. Go live your life, do things the way you want to do them, but don't also tell me I have to live my life the way you want me to live my life. That's where, right. that's where the difference really comes in. That's what they think is going to happen. And those are traditional Judeo-Christian values. I have the free will to do anything I want. I have the right to do anything I want right up until the moment it affects you in a negative way. And then right. I must stop. 
Exactly. And, and what they really believe, what, with the, the example they use, what they really believe is a cartoonish version of what we really think. It's, it's just not true. It's just not accurate. So that's really or, where the problem comes in. Alternatively, that's the image that they put forth and, and explain verbally to uh, mask the other things we've talked about. Right. Right. Uh, and, exactly. I don't, and I don't, honestly, I don't, I don't know which is true. I don't know how much that well, they earnestly believe. Like, I really think we're going to have, you know, King George the 17th, who's going to be, you know, throwing, throwing gay people off bridges. And so I, I, that seems ludicrous to me, but I, what do I know? Well, I, I honestly think, and, and I think there's probably 80% of the, and this is just my own, you know, non-scientific one, just based on my own conversations with people over the years. I think the vast majority of folks that, that take that position honestly believe that we want a theocracy, for instance. They honestly believe that, yeah. uh, you know, part of what I, try to discuss with people is no that's not what i'm i'm not interested in giving anybody that kind of power i'm not interested in an atheist king i'm not interested in a christian king except for one from heaven <laughs> yeah what wouldn't i mean i know we're running late on time here but wouldn't if that was what was really wanted and desired wouldn't we have come to like physical blows when gay marriage was legalized or before that when civil unions were legalized and before that when gay couples could adopt children like, like they, there's been a number of things that like if what you're describing is the right. outcome that was truly desired bad things would have happened right over things not including free speech it would have been these other major alters to traditional ways we look at how life quote-unquote should be lived there's been some major changes course corrections in the last 50 or 100 years that are like massive. If, if that was really the, it just seems to, it just seems um, not plausible. That no, that is really an earnest belief. No, it's not logical. It isn't, it doesn't naturally follow from the facts, but in, and I don't believe what I'm about to say is a mischaracterization, but the majority of people in that sort of progressive world operate first on a feelings basis and then use facts to support the feelings. Now, as a salesperson, as a marketer, you know that people yeah. make decisions first on feelings yeah. and You're then they find there, the facts right? to back yeah, them yeah. up. I mean, you're a businessman like me, 100%. you know, yep. so people make decisions that way. And so therefore on these matters, they don't take the, just add one plus one plus two plus three and come up with this answer. It's, this is who right. I feel you are. And therefore I'm going to select the facts to back my feelings. And that's who you are. That's the definition of who you right. are. And your speech is your, your free speech is a, is a hindrance to the value of driving a more fair, a more just society. So that's kind of how that ends up, uh, how, how a person ends up in that space. And then once you're in that space, you're comfortable with that space. You make a decision. Here's how the world is. And then you're comfortable living there. Don't bother me with facts that challenge where my world is. Right. Yeah. I, I, you know, kind of going back to what we talked about earlier, it's uh, my way is better. I am superior because my values are better than yours. And if I'm wrong, I don't want to hear about it. Exactly. And if, if, if I'm right, then how, how would you have any position to question me? It, it's heads. I win uh, tails. And, you lose. Right. And, and, it, and it, it's perfect except for eons of history telling us. It doesn't <laughs> work. 
But don't bring up that history because it's old and it can't be true. Oh, okay, it's the history. All right. Well, hey, Dave. Uh, anything else for this week, or you want to you want to wrap it up? For Let's now wrap and, her up, man. We've gone week. into some good stuff here. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. All right. Well, for those of you still listening, uh, if you if you made this far, check out unsilentpodcast.com. Check out our YouTube channel, our Rumble channel. Uh, we're just getting started, so uh, it might take a little more looking on those channels now than it will in six months or a year. But uh, please jump in and tell us where we got it right. Tell us where we got it wrong. Our goal here is to articulate this stuff as honestly as we can. Of course, we have our perspective, but uh, we don't want to mischaracterize what what reality is. We want to, to the best we can, explain what we what is truly happening, what the arguments and conversations really are. We don't want to do what we're, what we're essentially criticizing, which is make caricatures of other people. We want to be honest about this stuff and try to understand what the heck is really going on. So until next time, this is Dave and Brian signing off. See you next week. Do you want to be on silent? Make your voice heard on our social media channels and share where you think we got it right or wrong. Go to unsilentpodcast.com for social links so you can join the discussion. 